Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey and Lemon. I am Lana Mercedes, and on today's episode, we are going to be answering some listener questions surrounding the friendship episode that I put out a while back. If you have not already listened, I suggest you go back and listen to episode 23. Question one, I am 38 and I just moved to a new country. How do I make new friends? First off, I'm not sure what prompted you to move out of whatever country you were in, but I'm sure it takes a lot to pack up and move to another country. I've never done it, so I can only imagine. Because I've never done it, I'm going to give you some advice based off of just moving to a new city, and I also pulled some online resources. The most essential thing you'll need to do is get out of your comfort zone. When you're living in an area you have been in for a while and have established relationships with people, you can find yourself in a routine, especially when you're not looking to create any new relationships. When you're in a new environment, though, you won't be going to the exact same places, but you may find yourself doing the exact same things. Something like gym, work, grocery store, and maybe some local eateries. These outings may very well put you in a situation to meet new people, but if you're going to strictly just check things off your list, you may have tunnel vision. Try adding in a few things that you typically wouldn't, like a few eateries outside of your neighborhood. Try places that even people would go to in groups, like a more upscale restaurant, but eat alone. Some may find it odd, but I find something about someone so confident to go out and eat in a place like that alone so intriguing. With that said, make sure you're still practicing caution as you're still in a new environment. You might try these places during the day or in an area you're very comfortable in. I recommend learning about that country's culture. This will give you a better sense of eateries to try, places to volunteer, social customs, popular sports, and skills you may be able to pick up like cooking, dancing, and even professional roles you may have never considered in your former country. Question two. What is the best piece of advice you can give to someone that is moving away to college without any of their friends? Okay, for this, I can give you advice from my own experience as I did this exact same thing. I didn't move far away for school. I grew up and went to college in Southern California. I didn't attend college with anyone I knew prior, and I did that intentionally. I wanted to make myself independent and prove to myself that I could do it. It wasn't about going to school with friends because I had moved a couple times in my life and was, and was very familiar with the process. This time, it was more about being further from my family than I had ever been before. Thankfully, my grandmother lived only 15 minutes from where I went to school, and that gave me a level of comfort that I needed on the weekends. I also did not have a car of my own, and the school I went to is considered more of a commuter school. The key things I did in college right out of the gate really helped me immerse myself and meet so many people. I lived on campus, I got a student job on campus, and in the last two years of college, I joined a business organization, which in hindsight, I don't know if it did anything for me professionally, but it was just another way in which I bonded with peers. Now, let me mention that I didn't go for any specific roles in this business organization, so it may have worked well for some, but I didn't engross myself in it as much as others did, so that could have been a major contributing factor. I was intentional in making sure school came first out of anything else I was involved with on campus. I'll leave you with this. Everyone is different, and though I cannot relate to struggling to leave high school friends when going off to college, and though I think we're too dependent on all of the forms of communication that we have at our fingertips now, you do have that communication. If your friendship is strong, distance won't break it. Don't focus so much on making sure you're in communication with your current friends, to the point that you neglect to create new friendships in college. You are young and will change as you get older, and sometimes that means growing in different directions from our friends. 
So it's great that you're exposing yourself to these new groups as well. Be safe, think for yourself, and don't just go with what others say. Enjoy this experience. And one more thing I will say regarding being away from your friends. The majority of my close friends don't even live in the same state as I do. You've got this. Question number three. I am struggling with envy. My boyfriend of a year and a half has a ton of friends and I have one to two whom are typically pretty busy as they are parents. I want to get to know my boyfriend's friends, but I don't want to cramp his style. I also don't feel that he brings me much into his friend. I also don't feel that he brings me much into his friend group. Okay, so I can't relate to this specific situation, but I can only imagine it must be tough if you're craving some social interaction. I would suggest connecting with some friends where the relationships haven't nurtured as much as they could, if those exist. Simply because of our first question, I'm also wondering if this is a dynamic where you're no longer living near your friends and maybe relocated to where your boyfriend was already living. I think the best thing to do here is just talk to your boyfriend. I'm going to make a generalization here and guess that if he has a ton of friends that he's more of an extrovert and feeds off socializing. If that's the case, I don't think that he'll have a hard time understanding that you're in need of more opportunities to do that as well. Again, I could be way off base, but if your boyfriend is an extrovert and you're more of an introvert or even ambivert, he may not be aware that you're longing for additional socialization and think that you're just fine with what you have. An open conversation can go a long way. Question four. I'm a single mother and work from home and for myself. I have a two-year-old who gets no interaction with other toddlers, and I don't want to send her off to daycare when she can be with me. I also don't want to pay for it when I am home anyway. Any advice? I'm not a parent, but 100% understand not wanting to pay for daycare when you are home anyway. Number one, things are expensive enough. And number two, like you said, your daughter can be with you. And I'm sure you're wanting that time with her anyway. Again, I'm not a parent, so I'm sure that there are way more answers out there. But I will mention this. It's something that I heard a while back, and I think it's a brilliant idea. There were a few parents that had children that were all under school age possibly met from previously having their child in daycare but I'm not positive on that detail. Anyway the parents would take turns having the group of children at their homes and teaching them different things. Here's an example say you and four other parents are in the same situation you painted. Each day of the week the children get together at one parent's home and then they have their own little daycare fun and educational. I also understand that not everyone may work from home or for themselves and so consider taking the kids a couple of extra days if you have that leisure especially if there aren't enough parents to go around for this sort of setup. So if you only know two other parents that can participate in this and they can only do it once a week, maybe you can take the kids three days a week. If this is with a group of friends that you trust, it could really be beneficial for all involved. And this would still allow you to have some great time with your daughter throughout the week. Again, I am sure that there are better answers out there directly from parents, but I just wanted to share that idea. I hope it helps. (laughs) Okay. This question says, how do you communicate to a friend that they're being too much of a yes man when you need someone to keep it real with you? Sometimes people just aren't going to keep it real with you for a variety of reasons. Some people are just yes men by nature. They keep finding it real with people too stressful. They find it confrontational and would rather remain neutral or tell you that you are just right. Some also see that as just being a great friend and being very supportive. Look, I see it more the way that you do, but that doesn't mean that everyone does. There are also instances where people may be okay with keeping it real with some friends and not with others. 
they might feel that some people don't receive their feedback well or unfortunately some people really aren't your friends and have something they want from you. So their intention isn't to give you real advice. They are there for their own personal gain and giving you good advice isn't something they're concerned with. Again, there are a variety of reasons, but in my experience, I think expecting someone to be real with you as a friend comes down to if that is in their nature and also how close your relationship is with them. Because like I said, not everyone is going to feel comfortable telling you like it is. They may not see your friendship in that way. Make sure you're looking to your confidants for real advice anyway. Check out the friendship episode that I mentioned at the top of this episode if you haven't already heard it. I say this because you and said person may not see everything the same. Imagine you have a colleague that you view as a close friend and are expecting them to tell it to you straight. Well, they may just see you as a coworker and might prefer to keep themselves out of your personal affairs. And lastly, letting someone know you want their honest opinion may be all it takes. Yes, you may think that if you're asking someone's opinion, they should just know, but for the reasons I explained, they may not. Also, I'm not big on providing unwarranted advice. Like the colleague example, for instance, I don't find the workplace a setting for providing unwarranted unwarranted advice, especially on your personal endeavors. So when you want someone to know that they can tell you their honest opinion, that sort of lets them know, hey, I'm going to be okay with whatever you say, even if I don't like it. It gives them the invitation to be honest with you. I loved your introverts at work episode and related to it so much. I am in an office with four other women that are always gossiping about their significant others and often ask me personal details about my marriage. I usually just say I'm super busy, but it only works so much and then I feel pressured into sharing details that I don't want to. Help. The episode referred to here is episode 38. In the words of my grandmother, my business is my business. It's not yours, it's mine, and I get to do what I want with it. (laughs) I get how uncomfortable this can be and I deal with it often. We live in an extrovert's world. And when we're just being our natural introverted selves, we are seen as unfriendly, strange, or just plain rude, amongst other things. The best way I can coalesce this disconnect is by referring to a professor that said, no matter how much he tried to explain introversion to extroverts, he realized they would never fully understand. That unfortunately means that we take on a lot of that burden. I think the best way to go about the situation is remaining kind, but not breaking your own boundaries. Because when you do that, both parties lose. You lose by feeling disappointed in yourself for succumbing to pressure and having these gossip sessions. And the other party loses because you sit in that frustration. And I'm sure you project that onto them at some point. I think sticking with your busy response is valid. And you can even be outright honest, but nicely. Utilizing true phrases, but with lightheartedness. Like, haha, sorry, working. You can say something like, oh, I'd rather keep my marriage out of the work banter, or I think I'd rather keep that information close to the chest. If they pry, a little bit more directness is fine. And you can say, I don't think it's fair to my partner to divulge personal details of our relationship, or that's not a topic I'm comfortable speaking on. There could be other phrases that someone may perceive better, but you have to find the balance between trying to find the words to not be rude but also not making it your life's mission to find ways to not let your boundaries be ignored because that's also not fair to you. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Please stay tuned for part two next week, same time, same place. 